Amen. Well, I feel like preaching for a little while. Amen. Does anybody have an ear to hear what thus saith the Word of God? Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew 11 and 16, the Bible says, But whereunto shall I liken this generation? Or how would I describe this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you and ye have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He hath the devil. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Amen. I want to preach about the spirit of this generation. Amen. Set your Bibles down. Amen. I want you to lift your hands and your voices to the Lord. Let's ask God to help us right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, pray fervently for a few moments. Come on, ask God to help you right now. Ask God to strengthen you right now. Hallelujah. Come on, all across the house. Hallelujah. Let prayer come out of your mouth right now. Oh, we need you. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise God. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I'm going to preach for just a little while about the spirit. Everybody say the spirit of this generation. Amen. The spirit of this generation. Amen. I, I don't want to. I don't want to get connected up to the world so much that I start acting like them. Amen. I don't want to get so close to them that they start rubbing off on me. Amen. I, I want to be what God has called me to be. Amen. I, I don't think God calls us to be lukewarm Christians. and I don't think he brings us together to have dead church and Amen. I don't think he brings us together to have dead prayer meetings. Amen. While it's prayer meeting, I don't think he called anybody to go to the gossip hall and gossip about everything going on or not going on. Amen. I, I, I want to be on fire for God. I want to be close to God. Amen. Don't get too far from Jesus. said, don't get too far from Jesus. There's a reason those cities of refuge were not built over a day's journey from anywhere. There's a reason cities of refuge were built within a day's journey. It's saying, don't get too far from God. In a world where they don't even know who Jesus is, Amen, I want to be right beside him. 
I want to walk with him. I want to hear his voice. I want to hold his hand. I want him to order my footsteps. Well, somebody going to help me preach in the house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Jesus uses many different analogies throughout the Bible to get his point across. He teaches us in manners that of things that we will understand. You've heard of parables. He taught in parables, earthly things, trying to explain heavenly things. And man, this story is, I don't know if you would call it a parable. Maybe it is. Maybe it's an analogy. Maybe it's just uh, get right 101. Amen. Sometimes he just lectures us. Amen. But I'm thankful for the word of God that will show us what we need to do. Wouldn't it be awful to be here tonight and we're, we're voting on what's right and what's wrong? Wouldn't that be a terrible scenario for all of us to be voting on what we think is moral and what is immoral? Thank God we don't have to figure that out. But we got the Holy Ghost. And we got the Word written. Amen. Hallelujah. Takes all the guesswork out of living for God. Just do what the Bible says. And he says, this generation is like children sitting in the market calling unto their friends. Saying, we have piped for you. Or we played the flute and you did not dance. It's like children being in the market saying we mourned unto you and ye have not lamented. Man, this pipe, also called a flute, it was used to play music at weddings and it was also used to play music at funerals. So sometimes the sound of the flute would make you dance. Sometimes the sound of the flute would make you cry depending on what the scenario was. And we know that children are very emotional little creatures. Praise God. Amen. At least the teachers and the principals and the parents and the grandparents could say, yes, those little children are very emotional little creatures. Amen, it doesn't take a whole lot to really make them happy. And it don't take a whole lot to make them really sad. Amen. They are quite emotional little things. Amen, if there was a room full of children that were sitting down and one of them were to grab a flute and stand up and start playing and dancing and making noise and running around, let me tell you what the rest of them would do. They're going to jump up and they're going to run around and they're going to dance with the other ones. Come on, I'm going to help you tonight if you'll let me. That's just the nature of children. And then if you took those same children and one of them were to fall down and cut his hand and it were bleeding and that little baby was crying, all them children are going to run to that one that's hurting and they're almost going to feel the pain with them. They may start crying with them. That's just what they are. Amen. Children are 
emotional creatures. Children are pure in their love for one another. Children know how to forgive one another. Let me just preach a while. If the parents would just butt out sometimes, most kids will just work it out five minutes later. <laughs> hey, well, praise God. <laughs> Is this all right? Hey, man, you got to know when to just let them do their deal. They'll get up and they'll be friends a few minutes later if you'll just stay out of it. We don't need to make enemies out of other children and other families and other people. Amen. Just say, get up, boy. You'll be all right. Children are the ones that know how to forgive. Parents are the ones that struggle with forgiveness. Yeah. I think I might just stay right there and preach a little while. Amen. God put something in children that is so pure and it's so perfect in so many ways because they love one another. They, they don't know if you're, you're brown or you're white or you're black. They don't even care. Nobody told them they're not supposed to like people that have different skin color. Nobody told them they're not supposed to like people that speak a different language. Parents teach young people how to hate people. Hey. Society teaches people to hate other people. Politicians teach people to hate other people. Hey, I think we ought to just let our children teach us a few things. Well, it's getting quiet in some areas. Getting loud in other areas. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Amen. Children are full of faith. Praise God. Children are full of faith. That means it's easy for them to believe something. I said it's easy for them to believe something. Well, hallelujah. I'm not talking about you letting people out there run over you. But I am telling you, when you walk into God's house and the word of God is open and the preacher begins to preach, amen, you need to let your doubting. You ought to let your cynical spirit stay out in the car. And when you walk into God's house, you ought to walk in like a child that needs something from your heavenly father uh, with the same spirit. Uh, God knows what I have need of. Uh, it, and whatever he says, I believe it. Uh, I may not understand it. Uh, it may, may not sense to me, but I believe the word. Man, trying to help you get miracles in your life. Hallelujah. But he said this generation is like children that just sit when the happy flute plays. Well, hallelujah. He said this generation is like one kid getting a flute and standing up and playing and running around and having fun and all the others just looking like what's his problem? 
This generation is like one kid on the playground that's running around throwing a ball and having fun and enjoying life and the other's looking at him and they're almost mad at him that he's having fun. Come on, church, I'm going to help you. He said this generation... This generation is like a child that has no compassion when another one gets hurt. One child that could fall and break his arm and the others just stare like, what's your problem? He said that's what this generation is like. What he's saying is that's unnatural. He's saying that behavior is not natural amen it's abnormal oh god boy the enemy don't want me to preach but i don't care what the devil don't like i'm gonna preach all night hey we're not gonna be like this generation we're a royal priesthood we're called out we got royal blood in us Come on, church. We're not going to learn how to behave by watching television. We're not going to let our children be babysitted by Hollywood or Disney. The country music stars ain't teaching you how to have a marriage. Praise God. I think we can be a different generation in this generation. I think we can be a peculiar people in this generation. I believe we can stand out in this generation. I believe we can have holiness in this generation. I believe we can preach Acts 238 in this generation. The gates of hell shall not prevail against Praise God. All you got to do is get a hold of the church. You just got to make sure you're not going at it all alone. Boy, I feel like preaching. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost. Y'all feel that Holy Ghost right now? Y'all feel that anointing sweeping over this place? Hallelujah. Hey, I come to preach to a different generation. But he said, this generation is like children that don't even want to play. This children, or this generation is like children with no compassion. My, my, my. What he's saying is this generation is unnatural. This generation's got something strange going on. I fully agree that this generation's messed up. When a parent ain't got enough sense to look at a baby boy and say, this is a baby boy. Or to look at a baby girl and say, this is a baby girl. But for a parent to say, well, I'm just going to wait 
and let them make up their own mind. God made up his mind that that was going to be a boy. So many, so many unnatural things in our world right now. And it's pressing against our minds to try to get us to accept their unnatural lives. Trying to get you to believe that they're just living alternate lifestyles. I'm telling you, it's an unnatural generation. If we ever needed the preaching of the word of God, we need it right now. If if your hope is in the president, you're going to be disappointed. If your hope is in the government, you're going to be disappointed. If your hope is in a welfare check, you're going to be disappointed. But if you put your hope in Jesus Christ and his word and stand on, you will never be disappointed. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, it was this generation. How how did they get this description? Let me tell you how they got this description of being unnatural and abnormal. He said, for John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say, he hath a devil. The son of man came eating, talking about Jesus, came eating and drinking. And they say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. And John the Baptist comes and he's a hard preacher. And he's got a hard message. And he's not a real nice guy and he preaches repentance. And he says, you generation of vipers, who told you to do this? Praise God. John the Baptist, because the angel appeared in his mother and said he will never drink the fruit of the vine. John the Baptist doesn't drink the fruit of the vine. John the Baptist, he's not a socialite. He's not hanging out with people every day and eating French toast and enjoying drinks of coffee. He's just a preacher. He's the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And they began to become critical of him. And they began to say, he has a devil. What they were saying is, we reject the ministry of John the Baptist because we don't like what he is. Praise God. Amen. So then another man comes. And he's not just a normal man, but this is God manifest in the flesh. And his name is Jesus. And he's not really like John the Baptist. Amen. He's got a burden for souls, but he acts a little bit different than John the Baptist did. John the Baptist was, a, he, you could say he preached with much passion and and it was almost like he was mad at everybody. Amen. Don't ever think the preacher's mad at you. 
The preacher's mad at the devil. The preacher's mad at sin. The preacher don't want sin destroying your life. The preacher's already seen what happens when you get to backing up in your prayer life. The preacher's already seen what happens when you get bitterness in your spirit. Man, don't don't get passion mixed up for anger. Here comes Jesus and he's got the same burden for souls and but he's a little bit different the way he does things and he's actually uh, got a, a ear of corn in his hand I guess everywhere he goes just about maybe I don't know the Bible said he's always eating and always drinking he's always partying amen praise God I think I'm more like Jesus I think church ought to be a party well hallelujah they said he's always eating and drinking and, uh, and then even worse, he's going and he's hanging out with publicans, not Republicans, Amen. publicans. Publicans were tax collectors. They were just automatically sinners. <laughs> God help all the IRS agents and all the used car salesmen. God help them all tell the truth and do right. Amen. <laughs> If they make it to heaven, you know there's a God. That's merciful. Amen. If you do any of that, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But he's gone and he's hanging out with sinners. And he's hanging out with tax collectors. He's going to his house, their houses. But when you read the scripture and you, and you see what he's doing, he's going to their house and he's talking to them about the kingdom of God. He's talking to them about what it's going to take to be saved and he's trying to uh, sway them and let them know basically that the religious sect that was there, the Pharisees and Sadducees, that, that's not who I am. That's not what the kingdom of God is. Amen. And he's, and he's preaching, but he's, he's pretty much in love maybe except the day that he turned everything upside down in the temple. Amen. Even he had all he could take that day this went, went John on them for a while. <laughs> Praise God. The Bible said that they made an excuse for the ministry of John. And then they made an excuse for the ministry of Jesus. They didn't like the loud, mean preacher. But then they didn't like the nice one either. They didn't like John's style, said he was full of the devil. But then they didn't like how Jesus did it either. And they said he's just a drunk. So they were skeptical of John and they were skeptical of Jesus. They were critiquing John, yet they were critiquing Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What the Bible's trying to tell us is they weren't dancing when there was a happy message. 
and they weren't mourning when there was a scary message. In other words, they didn't want the message at all is what it was. The spirit of that generation was, I'm not, you're not going to move me. I'm going to critique you. It might get tight, but it's going to be right. The spirit of that generation was, I don't like your message, so I'm going to find something wrong with you. Praise God. It amazes me, and nobody does it here, but other places. And I know this for a fact. In other places, I've heard of people that were leaving the church because they didn't like the pastor. Didn't like how he preached. Let me tell you, it don't matter if you're from Hot Springs or Magnolia. Praise God, it's good preaching right here. There's going to be messages that ruffle your feathers. Yeah. Praise God. There's going to be things you don't like. But the spirit of the generation is, I'm going to critique it till I find something wrong. So I don't have to do what is being preached. We live in the era of the fact checkers. Well, it's getting quiet. Not here, I'm sure somewhere else. We live in the era of the fact checker that runs to the house and looks at all the scriptures looking for something wrong so they can throw out the hole. You know what that is? That's like children playing in the marketplace. I'm going to preach a little while. If it's a happy message, you need to be moving. If I'm preaching about heaven and streets of gold, you ought to be dancing. You ought to be clapping. You ought to be stomping your feet. Don't come on, church. I rebuke the spirit of this generation uh, that's trying to destroy the word of God. Hallelujah. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I felt visitors before walk into this church and every word that I come out of my mouth... I could feel it being fact-checking a critical spirit trying to discredit the Word of God. Let me tell you about the Word of God. You cannot discredit the Word of God. He said, my Word will not come back void. It will accomplish. You know what that means? If you dance or you sit down, God's Word still going to do what it wants to do. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. They didn't dance when the message was about heaven. And they didn't mourn when the message was about hell. I'm telling you, it terrifies me when people are unmoved by the word of God. All all I can think about is being a young man and hearing them preach about if you ain't right, You say, well, that's a different generation. That ought to scare you to death. This generation ought to love the word of God even more than the last generation did. We are the generation upon whom the ends of the world has come. If anybody ought to be going like this, it ought to be this generation. Remember as a young man, seemed like every preacher preached about hell. They would preach about being separated from everything that you loved. They preached about how hot the flames would be. I'm telling you, a lot of times preachers could not even finish preaching until the altars were full of people repenting. Come on, church, I'm going to help somebody. Don't tell me we're more spiritual than our fathers were. Don't tell me we got more Holy Ghost than the Brush Arbor meetings when they walk 20 miles with no air conditioners and no heaters because they were hungry for the Word of God. Come on. Come on, church, help me pray right now. Come on, help me pray right now. I'm preaching under maybe the heaviest burden I've ever felt in my life. Don't tell me the preachers are less anointed now than they were in the last generation. You can't say it's the preachers the reason you're not moving off the pew. You, come on church, help me right now. You can't blame the pulpit uh, for lackadaisical spirits uh, that just sit uh, and are unfazed and unmoved. Come on, church. He said this generation is like children that act unnaturally. Children that act different than what God put in them. Let me tell you, if you can hear the word of God preached and it don't move you, that is unnatural. If the word of God goes forth, 
I've never, I've never in my life seen tongues and interpretation be taken so lightly. I've never in my life seen the gift of prophecy be taken so lightly. Hey, you know what that is? It's like children in the marketplace that God's trying to get their attention, but they're unnatural and they're unmoved. You wonder why the gifts of healing don't operate in our congregations like they used to. I might just speculate and say it wouldn't be received if it was. Why does nobody have the gift of faith uh, that can walk up to somebody and give them a word uh, and say, your problem is going to end in the morning? Uh, Let me speculate uh, and say, if it operated, we might not believe it. Come on, help me, church. Come on, we can't be children in the marketplace. Take somebody by the hand next to you for a moment. We're about to pray the spirit of this generation out of this church. We're about to pray out that critical, unbelieving spirit out of this church. Hallelujah. I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight. Preaching to the Wednesday night choir. Thank you for your faithfulness to God's house. I have never in my life seen a day when the attendance to God's house was taken so lightly. 
that is unnatural. You hear me? That is spiritually unnatural to not want to be in God's house every time the doors are open. If you've got to make up your mind, are we going to church or not? Understand, you are a child in the marketplace that God's trying to get you to move. Part of the attendance is because they don't like the word of God when it's happy. They don't want to hear about miracles that don't move them. They don't want to hear another message about prayer. It don't convict them. In their spirit, they say, I already know it. Let me tell you what that is. That's the spirit of our generation. Our generation don't want anything or anybody to lead it, to guide it, to direct it. Our generation is a rebellious generation. Hey, I'm going to preach that spirit out of this place. We're going to have revival in this house. But you got to get rid of the spirit of the world and get the spirit of God operating in your life. Come on, for just a moment, let's pray. Come on, church, why don't you pray for God to get those spiritually unnatural things out of you. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The spirit of the generation of this world is going to be lost. You hear me? The spirit of the generation of this world won't make the rapture. Hey, I'm telling you, church, you better get a love for the Word of God. And you better let the Word of God move you if you like it or you don't like it. Don't you sit like a knot on a log, unfazed. When I preached my guts out and delivered the burden of my soul, don't sit there and Pet that spirit and play with the spirit of this generation. Get on your feet and say, God, change me. They were unnatural. Their actions were unnatural. 
unnatural. It's unnatural for John the Baptist's message to be rejected. And as soon as the message is done, people to run to the door, unfazed, unmoved. Let me go call somebody. Boy, I feel like preaching. Got a call I got to make. I'm telling you, that's unnatural. When there's conviction in a room and you don't feel it, that's an unnatural state for a spirit being. Come on, let's take a few moments and do some soul searching.
Come on, lift your hands to the Lord together all across this house. Hallelujah. 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 And I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I, I, I don't just want to tell you what you don't need to be. I want to tell you what you need to be. Hallelujah. This is what Jesus said. He said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven tell you he's talking about two different kinds of children he's talking about the ones in the marketplace who are unnatural and then he's talking about the natural ones that are going to be the ones that enter into the kingdom of God not talking about the ones that wouldn't dance over the happy message he's not talking about the ones that wouldn't cry over the sad message but he's talking about children who are natural tell you how to get something from God you gotta be converted and you gotta become as little children 
I said, you got to become as little children. Little children that believe what God says. Little children that are full of faith. When the word of God goes forth. And it's something that hits home with them. They don't critique it. They don't discredit it. But with all their heart, they accept it. Hey, I may be preaching something harder right now than I was a minute ago. For adults that have been hurt by life. By adults that's been cheated on. Adults that's been robbed and stole from and talked about. Amen, I'm going to preach to you. When the word of God goes forth, you have to become as a little child. And you have to accept it. Not as some scarred up adult that don't believe anything anywhere. Not as a little child that won't dance because I don't like this song. Or not dance because I don't like this singer. But a little child that says, I need that today. I believe you, Lord. Amen. Let me just tell you. You can speculate as long as you want. You can research as long as you want. You can try to prove me wrong. You'll never prove me wrong because I just preach the Bible. Let me tell you, at the end of the day, this gospel has got to be received by faith. At the end of the day, you may not even understand why this Bible says you have to do something, but you have to receive it by faith. You may not even comprehend that your sins will be remitted when you go down in Jesus' name, but you gotta take it as a little child that says, I believe the word God. Hallelujah. The Bible says we walk by faith. I said we walk by faith. All these children are living by faith. They believe when they go home somebody's paid the electric bill. They believe when they go home there'll be food in the cabinets. They believe there'll be gas in the car to be able to go to school tomorrow. They don't even comprehend all that. They're walking by faith. Amen, but somehow when we become adults, amen, we have to know the hypotenuse of every miracle. Let me tell you, if you're trying to figure it out, you'll never get a miracle. But when you go... When you take the word of God by faith, like a little child. 
Come on, church. As much as some people need to get that children out of the marketplace, out of their spirit, there's just as many people that need to learn how to become natural children in the house of God. Natural children in the kingdom of God. Amen. My mom and dad, when we were kids, we didn't have any money. But obviously, they loved to go to Florida. And they would tell us, when summertime gets here, we're going to Pensacola. When they told me that, I never thought about, do we have the gas money to get there? I never thought about, are the tires good enough to go all the way? I never thought about, Dad, do you have enough vacation time banked up to where you can take off to where we can go to Florida? I'm preaching to somebody right now. It never crossed my mind to question them about everything about why we could not possibly go. I just heard them say, we're going to Florida. So in my little mind, my little childlike face said, when it gets summertime. My little naive brain just thought, we are going to Florida. God gives people a word and they critique it until it don't happen. God doesn't give me a word to preach to this church. God gives people prophecies and they doubt their way completely out of the prophecy. God. God, don't let that be this church. Come on, church. You need to get your thinking out there different from your thinking in here. God's word ain't like your boss's word. God's word ain't like your brother's word. God's word ain't like your neighbor's word. God's word is forever settled. When, I wish I could get some children to stand up and play the flute a little while. I wish I could get some of God's children to get naive about his promises for a little bit. You need to get out of that. Well, I've got to know everything before I do that. I've got to make sure that's right before I go up there and repent. Bless God, if the Bible said repent, just repent. Well, I've got to do some more study on that Holy Ghost. I don't know if that speaking in tongues is right or not. If the Bible said when they got the Holy Ghost, they spake with other tongues... 
get off of your big boy horse and humble yourself before God and just do what the word says. I feel miracles in this place. I'm going to tell you, I've never felt miracles like I feel them in my spirit right now. I'm telling you, Abraham had to get so naive to think that when I get up on top of that mountain, God's going to provide himself a lamb. I hope you understand how this miracle thing works. Simon Peter had to get naive enough to believe God is greater than the law of physics. Simon Peter had to get naive enough as a little child to believe if Jesus said, step out of the boat, you're going to walk on water. He had to believe I can walk on water. Come on, church, when that Shunammite woman's little boy died and she's looking at a dead baby, she had to get naive enough. She had to get naive enough to go looking for the prophet instead of looking for a funeral director. Come on, I'm done preaching now. Come on, I've delivered my soul right now. If you don't get a touch of God, don't blame anybody else. If your world turns upside down because you don't move, don't blame anybody else. If all hope fades away because you don't move, don't blame anybody else. You got to be calm as a little child. Come on, church. Come on, church. It's unnatural to not move in the Holy Ghost right now. 
It's unnatural to not press your way through. Come on, shake that spirit of this generation off. Somebody's going to get it. Somebody's going to lose their opportunity. Somebody's going to get their miracle. And somebody may never get another chance. God's going to open the door for somebody. Oh, let the fear of God come up on this house. Fear of God come up on this house. Let every mind be determined. I gotta have it. I wanna be unnatural. Come on, where's the intercessors? Where's the mothers in Zion? Where's the travailers? Where are the people that know how to touch the hem of his garment? Come on, God is calling people. God is calling people. God is calling. Said I stand at the door and knock. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear it, open the door. Come on, will you open the door of your heart? He said, I'll go in. I'll sup with him. Does anybody know how to hear? Come on, join up with people around you. I want the Holy Ghost to come upon some young men. Some young ladies, young couples, some single mamas trying to figure out how you're going to make it work. Come on. We're going to believe him like little children. We're going to cry like little children. God, I got to have you. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Let me be tender. 
take the hardness out of my spirit. Take the bitterness. Take the skepticism out of me. Take the criticism out of me. 